for me at that time, it was just be you. Just just don't do nothing out of out of the ordinary. Um, I know um, my JV coach, he was always in my ear. He would just say, Ant, go just play. Don't do nothing you're not supposed to do. Just just go just go play. Show them how vocal you are as a person and just that you're a good teammate. I'm like, okay, I got you, coach. I'm like, that was my role. I took that as my role. I'm just going to be be a good teammate and be vocal. Mm-hmm. And, um, and man, I, I see when we had, a, like, one of our first scrimmages and stuff like that. Matter of fact, Varsity had a practice. And uh, JV was invited, and he needed an extra body on the court. And he called me. Out of all people, he had called me on the court. I was like, right, I'm about to help them. And then uh, I believe it was Kyle O'Quinn, bro. He was, uh, it was him, and I believe it was uh, either Malachi or somebody else. They were trapping me. They were working on their trap. Or maybe even Sasha, Sasha Corita. Mm. Um, and they were trapping me. And uh, I, I broke the press real easy. And I, and I got the ball up. And he was like, you let this can't come up here and, I, and it was one of the highlights of it, it, it might not mean nothing to nobody but for to me man that meant the world at the time because I'm like whoa I just broke a varsity press man like this is cool bro it might be a little easier than I thought <laughs> <laughs> you gotta handle the rock with flair and rhythm if you want to be judged on wood brain and concrete courts in New York this ain't no nickel and dime it's dribbling dimes where scoring never looked this good I guarantee it. But was your reputation built from the playground up? Or did you call next and they took that ish? Or cause you weren't as fast as police and ambulance sirens? Or as loud as Mr. Softy ice cream? No. You see, this is New York City hoops and prime time. As beautiful as the skyline, it's dribbling down. What's up, everybody? This is Emilio the Poet. Yo, what's good? This is Manny Digital. Welcome to another episode of Dribbling Dimes. Today, our guest played at Campus Magnet in Queens. Now, some of you may not recognize that name because you might be uh, older schooled. Uh, So for those of you who remember Andrew Jackson High School, this is what the new name, well, I guess the newer name of that school was. I I don't know if Campus Magnet's still around. Whoa. Good question. Man, uh, we, we're not sure. Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> All right, we'll say, we'll say perhaps. Uh, th- this gentleman, he, he played there for some time, but admittedly he considers himself a late bloomer, but was able to go on to Cayuga Community College in upstate New York where he balled out. I think that was kind of his coming out party, but we'll let him tell it. From there, he went off to West L.A. College, not to be confused with Louisiana. We're talking about Los Angeles here, y'all. Then he went on to Dickinson State in the NAIA and uh, finally made his final stop collegiately uh, at Queens College. He's also a published author. Um, He's got his personal story out right now. It's called Imperfections, the Anthony Hodges Testimony. And he's a proprietor of athletic training company, Patient Grind. With us, and I gave his name away already with the book title, but with us today is Anthony Hodges. Uh, Yo, so Ant, uh, can I call you Ant? Is that cool? Yeah, man, that's cool. We family. You make me feel like a superstar with the claps, man. (laughs) That's right, man. Well, we hired them just for you. 
You know. That's right. Yo, first of all, I just want to say I love that hat, man. That's dope. God is dope. Love it. Yeah, man. Yeah, I had to fill my wife's hat. She said, did you ask me first? I was like, nope. Can I use it? <laughs> is that her hat like she made it or is it like she just bought it? Is that No. It, it, yeah, she bought it. It's a branding company. Uh, okay. God is open. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, so uh, there's, there's a lot of, and just on the same topic of, of God, um, in in his Instagram feed, y'all, if you if you check it out, it's patient dot grind. Um, you'll see a lot of really interesting content, right? You'll see a lot of his training stuff that he does with his clients. You'll see inspirational things. Um, God is ever present with within the feed, but not overbearingly, right? Because like I think sometimes we get put off. We're all God fearing here right now, right? But. I think sometimes we get put off because people come across as preachy, right? And that, you know, people don't want to be told anything, right? They don't want to be told what to no. do in any regard. No. And so sometimes no. it, it, it becomes that. What I like about the way you weave God into the conversation of what you're doing, you know, is really interesting. And I, and I applaud you for it because it, it, it's also something that you got to be brave to do because you get a lot of flack sometimes when you're pushing whatever your faith is, right? Right, uh, absolutely. So it's pretty dope. So I, I, I appreciate it. Um, but tell us, you you came up in Queens in, right. in unfortunately, um, all too common circumstances, right, for people like us. Can right, you t- absolutely. Tell us about kind of th- those beginnings and, and what they kind of looked like. Oh, well... Well, first and foremost, uh, I thank God for you guys having me on here. Uh, it's just a privilege to be here. It's an honor to be here. Love what you guys do. Thank yes, you, sir. Um, well, growing up in Queens, I'm from uh, South Jamaica Houses. Uh, a lot of people would know it as 40 Project. Yep. Um, yeah, and man, it's just rough beginnings, like you said, just growing up in, um, you know, with just my mom there and uh, my siblings and, you know, she doing everything that she could to, to provide and make sure we stayed out of trouble. Um, so it, it's very humble beginnings. Um, and it, it's tough growing up in those areas because you see a lot of things like you see, um, you know, you, it, it's not very few outlets that you have. You have basketball and you have rap or you just have, you know, people selling drugs. So, it's not much options that a lot of kids see in those areas. So you have to make the most of what you got. And then when you have the opportunity to leave, man, you got to take your opportunity and, and make something of yourself. So, How did you avoid, so like what you just described, right? Single parent household. Sure. Your mother was doing everything out there to try to make sure you guys were, were good all the time. Right. Yeah, that's a recipe usually for disaster for the kids, right? Because your mom is out there grinding, trying to make everything happen for you guys. So that means you guys are probably at home on your own for quite a bit of time. A lot of bad stuff can can overcome you guys. How do you guys avoid not falling prey to kind of what's outside your doorstep? Well, I, I learned from from my older brother's mistakes. Um, you know how, like they say, you know, don't do the same thing I did and stuff like that. And I kind of took heed to that. Like, I, I, I didn't want the same things that were happening to them to happen to me. And they, and they wanted that, uh, for me as well. So, 
when I would see my friends or, you know, I had to choose my friends wisely. My mom always said, oh. you know, be careful who you hang around. You are the people you hang around. And um, so I just made sure I surrounded myself with people that were doing good. Like, if you were always on the basketball court and you wanted to stay there, like, I wanted to be with you. I wanted to hang with you guys. And, um, you know, that's how I kind of kept myself hanging from trouble. I almost fell into the wrong crowd, but it was just something in me that said this is this is not who I am as a person. So I got to just do better for me. I have a question regarding your upbringing. So, like, I understand you had your siblings and your mom, but do you feel like, are you a natural go-getter as far as, like, yo, I, I know what I wanted, or was it, like, you needed a lot of pushing and you needed your, your the mentorship of your brothers, etc.? Oh, man. Uh, when, when you watch your mom go to work every single day to work hard and, 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 and like, still come home and cook, like, she's a blue-collar person. So for me, seeing that throughout my whole entire life, that kind of shaped me like, you know, if my mom is working that hard, then, you know, I, I got to put in some work to do what I got to do. And I was fortunate to have to be one of those kids that, you know, we may have struggled, but I always got everything I ever wanted. Mm. Like I always had, I had the latest sneakers and stuff like that. So I, I didn't need to complain. So, but I had to see how I was getting the latest sneakers. It was her waking up every morning at 5 a.m. Right. and putting in overtime to... So we got food on the table for my brothers and stuff. So, yeah, this is my mom is, is a great inspiration. Well, what's your mom's name? Man? We got to shout her out a little bit. Oh, oh, Barbara Hodges. Yes, that's Mama oh, Love. Barbara Hodges. Yeah, man. God bless. Y your mom had yes. some adversity, if I read correctly. Um, yes, I think yes. she, I think she had cancer. Is that correct? Yes. And, and yes. she and she survived so, it, correct? Yeah, she okay. did. Okay, just wanna wanna yeah, make sure nothing nothing crazy that I'm reading here. So like. Um, so my brother and I, we, we went through a spell of something similar, right? Thank God our mother's in, in remission and she's been in remission for quite a while, right? So she hasn't had any relapses or any, um, you know, cancer has never come back. Thank God. Um, how, how much adversity did that bring to you, right? Because you, I'm sure you were on a mission to try to make something of yourself via basketball, right? For, forever right so like at some point through that journey this happens to your mother how does that right. factor into how you proceeded to do what you had to do because you just mentioned her hard work ethic rubbed off on you but now you've right. got this crisis that you guys as a family are now dealing with how, how do those two worlds kind of collide for you um well it, it was hard at first because you're overcome with fear at the time and you don't want your mom, you don't want anything bad to happen to your parents or anything like that. So me being a little bit uh, ignorant to the situation, not knowing how severe cancer is and stuff like that, uh, it took a toll on me, but not as much because I didn't know the dexterity of it. So, you know. I would, I would, um, when she was going through like chemotherapy and radiation, I would go stay with a, a, a friend and a, a relative while, you know, my uncles were taking care of her. Um, but I knew one day when she came home and, uh, she didn't have her hair, I knew something was, was, was coming, like was up. And, um, but man, as I've seen her fight every day and continue to just push, man, that, that it, it just resonated in me. And that resignation didn't start until I got in college, to be honest with you. Mm. Like I didn't like, once we get into like how I went through high school and stuff like that, I'm like, you're, you're really going to see how everything ties together. But bro, 
when you see someone that you really truly love go through so much pain, it just puts you in a state of fight or flight, and you're just gonna have to man up, or you're just gonna lay down. Yeah. And where I'm from is either you can't lay down, bro. You lay down, and it's over. Right. So let's go. Let's Yo, go to high school. Go ahead. Go ahead, Emilio. No, I just I just wanted to uh, compliment you on that, man. I just feel like you you you've you come across, and I'm pretty sure that we we're judging correctly of you being a humble man, a noble man, a man of perseverance. And- and it just it goes to show you what uh, everyone goes through something to get somewhere, you know. And I feel like that could have sure. been the push you needed in your life, maybe, to see for something sure. like that to kind of elevate you. Man, I know for sure. For you know, and speaking of our, us, for me, it did a lot of different things at the time. I was actually depressed initially with with, with my mom because uh, you know you love someone so much, and to see that person you value the most in such a hurtful state, it's like how could you not yeah. be sad? But at the same time. I understand. My mom's strength is, I don't know, man. I, I can only pray that I match that at some point in my life, hey, to be honest. I'm with you, bro. Hey, man, I'm with you on that one. All right. So, so let's go to high school, right? So you end up at, at Campus Magnet. Are you, right. and I, I know we're skipping steps here because I'm sure basketball came mm-hmm. in, obviously, before that. But, like, you walking in to Campus Magnet with what sort of basketball expectations? Well, I came from ISC and I mean, ah. home with some great players like uh, Chris Hampton, Isaiah Stokely, my bro. So um, when I was coming into uh, Campus Magna, I didn't, honestly, bro, I didn't know what to expect because before I got there, I had made, when I was in junior high school, I made the team seventh grade, but I got cut eighth grade, right? I took it for granted. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So coming into high school, I was a little uneasy, but then people didn't know who I was, so who I was. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go into tryouts. And just try my hardest and then see what happens from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I tried out for JV. Uh, God rest his soul, Coach Turner, um, my JV coach, you know, he took a liking to me at tryouts. Um, not that I was being the best scorer or anything. I just, you know, I just wanted to play hard and show that I can do something. So, you know, that's where it started uh, for me as going to high school. But I didn't expect anything from anyone because I feel like I never, I had to earn everything I had. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Nothing was ever given to me. So, people say that a lot. Were Were you actually of the mindset at that stage of feeling like you actually had to earn it? Because you mentioned like seventh grade, you made the team. You was kind of, you know, probably, you know, had a had a swollen head. Pause. Um, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then and then eighth grade came. Humility sank in. You got cut. Now mm-hmm. ninth grade. You're trying out for JV. Is that because there was no freshman squad, or you? That's where. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So for um, at the time there were no freshmen uh, teams. Like I think they do that in like the Catholic League. They do that's right. JV. Oh, that's right. Varsity. So for for public school, it's just JV or varsity. Got it. And um, and I knew for sure I wasn't trying out for no varsity, man. When I seen Carlo, <laughs> Carlo Quinn and those dudes come in, man, it's just like nah, you got it, you got it. You just gotta know where you are at the time. No? <laughs> you gotta be wise. And, and you were, and so you were good with that, because you know, basketball players, athletes in general, like you come up with a certain chip on your shoulder. You have all these accolades, all these people kind of nearly worshiping, you know, athletes, right? right? And right. so y- you can't help but be feel like, yo, I'm I'm that dude, right? You right. you went through a little bout of humility, so perhaps you got knocked off your pedestal a little earlier to understand like right. this is my place. Is that how you went into those trials? Like I know kind of this is where I'm at. 
Oh yeah, for sure. I I I don't I don't feel inferior to no one, but at, at the same time, I I just know my place. I know like I'm not gonna be something that I'm not. If I know I'm not the superstar of the team, I'm not gonna act like I'm the superstar of the team. I'm gonna be a superstar in the role that the coach is giving me. Mm. So if I'm a defender, if I'm gonna be a def- if I'm a defender, I'm gonna just defend the best way I can. And on when I'm in the summer, I'll go work on my jump shot to show them I'm gonna do something else as well but i'm gonna just do what i can and not try to be something that i'm not because that's why i feel like you know players they they get insecure and they don't play the game the way it's supposed to be played you know i'm saying it's not all about scoring it's not about instagram man it's not about the highlights (laughs) it's about doing what your team needs you to do so you guys can win i'm saying so yeah Yeah. i had i had to learn at an early age i i listen man we're i'm a basketball officiant man i love the game and when you you're speaking right to my soul right now because I love the game that much. And I really believe that a great team has its complementary parts. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. everybody plays a role. The fact that you, at an early age, let that sink in, for me, speaks to your maturity level. Like, you snapped in. Because I think most players they have a huge ego. They think, yo, I'm the best player, even if they're not. But they're like, nah, I'm going to score 50 when that's not really the game. You know, maybe there's another guy that scores... 30 easily, and you can just come in and rebound or whatever. Doesn't mean you can't score, but you know you got to pick your poison. So talk to me. Like, my question is, do you, coming into tryouts, right, when you, after all the adversity you had dealt with, what was your confidence level in terms of you as a basketball player? Did you feel like, yo, I belong here? Or was it like, yo, damn, these players here? Like, what was your mindset about, like, before? Hey, bro, uh, and that's a great question, bro, because my mindset, like I said before, my mindset didn't change until I got to college. But I know we're going to get to that, so let me sure, just stick sure. to yeah, with, with this. Um, to be honest with you, when I went into tryouts, I was just, I just went. You know I'm saying? I didn't have no mindset to do anything special. I just knew I was going to, uh, I was always a good communicator. I was always one of the loudest players on the court. Mm. So I know once I show the coach I can communicate and I knew where to be on the court, whether, whether or not I knew what to do with the ball at the time, but I just knew how to play the game. I might not have been the most confident person there, but I was going to show the coach that I can bring something to this team, just something. And then when we get to practice, I can work on maybe something I can get better at and stuff like that. But I came into it just like, you know what? Nothing is promised to you. No one is obligated to give you anything. Let's just go. Let's go have fun. Let's play some basketball. And Love that. So t- tell us about that grind, right? Um, you you make your JV squad. You, uh, what's your role on the team? Are you coming off the bench? Are you a starter? What's so, our first game was against John Adams High School, bro. I will never forget it. We were kind of late to the game at first because we we had to take uh, take public transportation. You know what I'm saying? We ain't have, we wasn't privileged to have the, 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 the school cheese buses, man. Yeah. And I'm tired of these kids playing the cheese bus, man. If you can get a cheese bus for your you school, in. take the cheese bus. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, bro, like, we were actually late to the game, so we didn't really get a good start. So I didn't start that game, but, uh, you know, we had some good sophomores in front of us. But when I got in the game, you know, I did what I could. Uh, you know, um, like I said, man, I wasn't really grinding. I had a I, I, it was, I was ignorant to the grind. Man. I didn't know how hard you had to work to to be good. I, I was a street ball player coming up. So I think, you know, you go to the park, you handle the ball for a little bit. That's a workout. 
man, I was introduced to something totally different. Like when I when I watch guys like Kimball Walker, when I watch guys like uh, Irvin Walker, you know, those guys are sweats, man, sweat, blood, and tears every night. The, the stuff that people don't see. So me coming into the game uh, and my role on the team was just to go out and don't make a mistake. That was mm. for me. <laughs> go out, go out, don't try to be Superman, but don't be turning the ball over at the same time. Just be a contributor, do what you can do. And honestly, my first game, I only maybe had about two points, four points. Um, and to get this out of the air, I'm not even scared to say this. Throughout my whole high school career, bro, I probably had less than 100 points. You know what I'm saying? I, and I'm not scared to say that because uh, I just I just was ignorant to the situation that I was in. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't really putting in the pain that I knew going into college how my coach taught me how to work out. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, my role on the team was just, you know, just do what you could do to stay on the floor. Mm. So, you, so you were taking basically the knowledge you you captured on your own throughout your playing in the park or what have you piecing that together to say, all right, this is what a workout is, right? So you're dribbling the ball, you're taking some shots. What, and, and I don't want to skip, but I just, I want to understand like, what was that big shift in actually knowing what it is that you're supposed to be doing? Cause I, to be honest with you, I can't tell you that I know. I, I, we didn't play, we didn't come up playing like at a high level, right? So what you just described is how I look at basketball workout, right? Now okay. I've seen you train some kids, so I I pick up a little here and there. But like for you, that formula had to come. You mentioned in college, but like what was the big difference between what you was doing and what you needed to do? Well, the big difference was like working diligently. You know what I'm saying? Working with a purpose, working on, like, you know, there's a difference between working on skills and working on situations. Mm. And I didn't, start, I didn't start to understand stuff like this until I was surrounding myself with what people call dogs, people that were really in the gym getting it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so when I, when, I, when I had the chance, you know what really helped me, man? I really thank God for Kimber Walker, bro, because one day we was at IS8, man, and... um. And I remember I had a conversation with him about this. And he and I asked him, bro, I didn't even know him at the time, man. Like, I just knew he was going to UConn and stuff like that. And I asked him, I said, yo, bro, like, how did you do it? You played JV at Rice, then you went to varsity. And he looked me straight in my eyes, man. And he said, yo, bro, man, just hard work, bro. And I felt that from him. I, I, I genuinely took that. Even though I didn't understand how the hard work really was, but... I was on a journey to figuring out, okay, I really got to put in some work to get at least noticeable. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. <clears throat> so, it was so it was mindset. Once the mindset clicked, then it kind of, you allowed the universe to kind of figure it out for you on your journey. Because your, your, your concept of hard work was minimal, up until you maybe you had that conversation, you were like, "Whoa, okay." So if that's how much passion he has about what hard work means, I'm missing something because I don't, I don't, yes. I don't push it the way he's 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 communicating. Yeah. Got it. Take take me from that mindset right there to actual putting in tangible things. What did what did what did hard work look like for you from a breakdown perspective? Now that you've heard, okay, this I have to own hard work. 
But now, what does it look like specifically for me as far as my game was concerned? At that age, at that time? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so at that time, right, as soon as, as soon as Kimba said that, I believe I, I believe I went to the park that very day. I left ISA. I left. Right. I went to the park. I, I, I remember walking home. I was crying, oh right, God. because, because like, like, dude, like, it was coming from Kimba Walker. At this time, Kimba was that dude, right. man, right. seriously. Right. And I, I, I give credit when credit is due. So I sure. went home, and, and I just I just worked on my dribbling. Man. I was like, okay. Like, I, I would, like, watch games at ISA. I would watch, like, you know, uh, these top guys. I'm like, what they did in the game. And I would go home and mock it and, 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 and just try to get, get up more shots. Like, I never played AAU and stuff like that. I never had someone to coach me and really teach me the ins and outs of the game. So I was only taking knowledge from when, like, NBA Live was good. Like, I was taking <laughs> knowledge from stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so... I like I like how you said going. that. You said when NBA Live was good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, a lot of yeah, cats I, don't I, know. I, I'm sorry, EA Sports man. I'm so sorry. I, I'm not trying to bash nobody's name, but nah. it's just that 2K just took over. Yeah, man. That's, that's just how it is. It's a fact. So, but but yeah, when Live was like, I would just go and practice those moves, and some of my friends that were playing basketball, like you know. I would play against them. I play against the older cats in, in, in the park, and they would rough us up just to get us better. But my mindset started to shift where, like, okay, I will spend one hour outside. I got to spend about three or four more hours outside. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Just putting in a little bit more hours of what I was doing. Mm. So, okay, so, like, to, from the from the one hour to, to three or four hours, right, like, what would it consist of in terms of, like, what you would play a game, but before that you would – work on your dribble, you would run or what have you. Did you already know your plan and idea or you just knew I got to be out here more and play more? Still didn't have a plan, bro. Still still wasn't working diligently yet. It was just, okay, the more the more you do something, the better you'll get at it, okay? So, like, I would just go to the park, man, and, and I didn't have any drills. Like, I would just go out and I would just really finesse with the ball, just, you know, just try to play with the ball, like, make it one. Mm. And then, uh, then I would use those drills I was doing, those work, those moves, and I would go play pickup and see if it would work on a good defender. Because you can do anything on someone that knows really not to play defense, but if somebody got some pat bad defense, you got to make your moves sharp. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? So, right. Uh, being in the park, uh, playing with older guys definitely helped me out and stuff like that. But as far as diligently running and then just today I'm going to work on my jump shot, I didn't have that knowledge yet. I just know I had to be out more. Okay, we're, we're going we're, yeah, to get to the specifics once we get to college, because I know that's kind of when the thing just blew up. Oh, um, bro, oh my goodness. <laughs> so so let's, let's finish off high school. So do you eventually yeah, get yeah, yeah. To, to the varsity level? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, so God rest his soul, uh, I played for the late Charles Granby, the legend. Um, and he used to say something. He used to say something every practice. He used to say, "Be quick, but don't hurry." Mm. And I never really under—I never really understood what that meant until I got older. But uh, yeah, I, I played for uh, Coach Granby, and it was one of the best feelings of him calling me up because, like I said, on JV in two years, man, I probably only had thirty-seven points within the whole two years of the season. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I'm just happy to be on varsity, bro. Facts. Like right. literally, like while other kids coming up, like they like, yeah, we about to get it. I'm just like, yo, I'm just happy to be here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
For real, for real. I get this uniform? Yeah, man. People were already doubting me. Like, you made varsity? I'm like, yeah, I made varsity, bro. I don't know how much I'm going. I don't know how much I'm going to play, but I made varsity, bro. So I don't care. Okay, what you got to say right now? Um, so, so but, how how does that? Because yeah. again, three four years before, well, maybe not that much, yeah, yeah, but yeah. like seventh grade, you yeah, yeah. you you're at a high because you make this team. Right, right. Now right. you're at another high because you make this team that y- it was questionable whether you were going to make it, at least in your head, right? Yes, yes, yes. What's what's your mindset now, right? Because now you again you're back on this high. It's easy to go back to being like, yo, I'm that dude. Ah Yeah. Well, how how did you actually take that? Oh, for me at that time, it was just be you. Just just don't do nothing out of out of the ordinary. Um I know um my J V coach, he was always in my ear. He would just say, Ant, go just play. Don't do nothing you're not supposed to do. Just just go just go play. Show them how vocal you are as a person and just that you're a good teammate. I'm like, okay, I got you, coach. I'm a, that was my role. I took that as my role. I'm just going to be be a good teammate and be vocal. And, um, and man, I, I seen when we had, a, like, one of our first scrimmages and stuff like that. Matter of fact, Marcy had a practice, and uh, JV was invited, and he needed an extra body on the court. And he called me. Out of all people, he had called me on the court. I was like, all right, I'm about to help them. And then uh, – I believe it was Kyle O'Quinn, bro. He was, uh, it was him, and I believe it was uh, either Malachi or somebody else. They were trapping me. They were working on their trap. Or maybe even Sasha, Sasha Corita. Mm. Um, and they were trapping me. And uh, I, I broke the press real easy. And I, and I got the ball up. And he was like, you let this kid come up here. And, I, and it was one of the highlights. Of, it, it, it may not mean nothing to nobody. But for, to me, man, that meant the world at the time. Because I'm like, whoa, I just... Varsity press, man. Like this is cool, bro. This might be a little easier than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so all that you, you're actually st- starting to see all that hard work come come and pay off for you, basically. All that time you spent on the courts, uh, those extra hours of you know working on the ball and making it, and making it become one, right? Because now you're so comfortable with the ball that you're like, whoever's gonna guard me is gonna have a, he's gonna have a, he's gonna have trouble. Yeah, and and even at that time, bro, I. Sh- Still, like it was just, I had a mental block. High school was a, a real mental block for me because I was still tr- figuring out the person who, who I am as a person. Nice. I was still figuring out who's Anthony, right? Um, so yeah, it was just yeah, yeah. So you, so you on Vars now? Um, what's what was that? Your junior year, senior year? Yeah, it was junior, junior, junior. junior. So this is your yeah. first year on the squad. What what right. if you could summarize that year? What what did you gain from it? What did it exceed your expectation, or was it beneath your expectation? It was beneath because I knew inside of me I always had more, but I just didn't know how to bring the more out. So for me, I was I was a street baller trying to play under the whistle. Mm. Right. Right. Um, it's different. And, and I and I and I and I hope a lot of kids really understand that, like, you can work out all you want. But if you're not getting in game reps and get the feel of the game and get the rhythm of the game, you're not going to be as good as you think you are. Mm. So. So I had to uh, it was it was very humbling for me. It was a lot of games I didn't play. 
there was a lot of games I was. I'm not. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I'm not gonna come on your podcast and lie, man. I was scared, bro. Right. I was scared at the time because uh, my preparation was wasn't the right kind of preparation, right? You can prepare all you want, but if you're not preparing the right the right way, it ain't gonna help you. Mm-hmm. So, as I was preparing and thinking, I'm working as hard as I should be getting into the game. I would. I wouldn't do. I wouldn't make the right decision. So I, I, I sat the bench a lot, and uh, I started pouting. I started letting bad people get into my ear, saying I should be playing. Like I'll go to gym class and I'll be wrecking everybody. Right. But when it came to the game, I wasn't showing up. So they'd be like, "Yo, you better than what you are, bro. You like get helping me." But then I'm realizing, bro, you. I'm fighting with my own thoughts, and I'm not as good as I thought I was. Mm-hmm. And I. I started really letting those bad thoughts overtake me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I fell into some deep depression for a very long time, bro. I felt, I mean, I didn't come out of depression almost until I started college. I was depressed for two years. Mm. Wow. Wow. You know, I just want to say this real quick. Um, I love what you just said about the idea of street ball and transitioning from street ball to actually under the whistle. And the reason I'm saying that is because... And I hope youngsters watch this because what you said is very, very powerful. I was, I used to go, I still, you know, when I can't go to the courts and try to play with the youth, try to keep myself young, but active and playing, right? And I see a lot of players that I'm like, yo, there's no reason why you can't be playing high school or at least college, something. I, I tell them, I tell them to their face. It's not to boost them up and make them feel big. I'm like, yo, if, if you legit, if I see something, I'm going to say, right? A lot of the times, a lot of kids, it doesn't translate, right? It doesn't translate from street ball to under the whistle and i think for the most of them it's because of that they don't have the in-game reps like you said they kind of just say well i'm the man and you know you know not really be specific about what their role is or what it could be you know and i think it, it speaks to a maturity level that a lot of these kids lack the talent is there right but the maturity level i think is what this is the distinction between them making it further or not so i'm i'm very impressed by your maturity level at such a young age regardless of your of your, of your setbacks i just wanted to touch on that and then if you wanted to talk about your depression <laughs> it, it, it was um i don't mind because i know i'm not the only player that will ever go through that so i just want to tell anyone who ever listens to this podcast bro like you can beat it bro you 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 can you just have to have hope you can never lose hope like it's like Oh man, it's just it's it's hard. Like it's very hard. And then given the circumstances, some of us already have bad circumstances out of the court. So when you're having bad time on the court and out of the court, it's like where do you go for that that safety net? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like and I never had someone take me under their wing when I was younger and say, Yo, bro, come on, we're gonna get better. I never had that. So like, yeah, man. It was, it was tough, man. It it was very tough. And I and I just want to say this on the record, man. I, I blame Coach Granby for a lot of stuff. But one day, man, like it hit me. Like God told me it was never his fault. You didn't know how to prepare as well. But mm-hmm. a late bloomer, so I wouldn't be cocky growing up. Right. Yeah. I had my spurts of, of, of being a little bit arrogant at the time. But I'm glad that. I had to take that role because I appreciated the the game more. You know what I'm saying? The game for granted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you, so you said you came out of depression 
when you went to college. Um, I, I think that's a good kind of tie-in now. So, like, how, 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 <laughs> so, so how do you, how does that transition occur? Because that's not, I mean, depression is a battle most people, well, maybe not most, but a lot of people face their entire lives. Yeah. How do you how do you turn that corner? Now, the way before fate. So I'm not even going to touch on that part yet. This this right now is um I met my friend uh, uh Audi Audi Tillery. His name is we call him A R. This man, besides my mom, bro, he was the hardest working person I've ever met in my life, and he knew how to diligently work, and he had a trainer. So now we getting some wisdom now. So I'm like, oh okay, this is how it's supposed to be. So that summer, we were trained, bro. I didn't have no scholarship offers. And he was the one going to Cayuga. So he was like, yo, bro, why not come up with me to their jamboree? They're having a workout. So I'm like, all right, cool. So we're training up until the time. Bro. Man, bro, we went to the jamboree, man, and that was all she wrote, man. That was all. <laughs> Wait, oh, t- tell me his man. name again. Like, Audi Tillery, man. And I hope my boy's doing well. I haven't spoken to him in a while, man. If you listen to this, bro, I hope you're doing well, man. I hope everything is well. Um, yeah, he, he he definitely taught me how to work hard. And we went to the Jamboree, bro. Like, I've never played like that in my life, bro. Like, I felt like I was coming, becoming the person that I was supposed to become. What's the Jamboree? Coach Tone, my favorite coach I ever had. No, no, uh, no shade to any other coaches I've ever played with, but Coach Tone, man. Uh, Coach Tony Borges, Anthony Borges, he's still at uh, at Cayuga. I love him. He uh, helped me with my confidence so much, bro. So, so, so much. And he he actually helped me believe in myself, bro, that I can do it. We put in the work. He taught me how to put in the work. He taught me how to jump stop. He taught me how to do all that good stuff. And then it just started clicking at the right time because he was feeding life into me. It was never negativity. He just right. kept feeding, pour, pouring life into me. So I took that and I ran with it, right? Even at the Jamboree, he was showing me a lot of love. So well, at the Jamboree, basically what that is, is all the recruits coming in. So I'm like, hold up. I need this scholarship, bro. Mm-hmm. I need this money. I need this. My mom can't afford for me to pay. It's like right. she can't afford to pay for this. So I need this. Man, I, boy, I, I, can't, I wish, man, they had videotapes of this. <laughs> Try I'm not... I'm not trying to big myself up or nothing, man, but it was just it was just no competition when we went there. And there were some good guys, bro, some really good guys, but I wasn't taking no for an answer. Mm. And, and, and did you apply this, your mindset, as far as, like, being all out in the training already? Like, you knew, all right, I have an opportunity. Uh, my fault, the, hands, the headphones died. All good. All good. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you guys. Okay. So what I'm asking is, in the training, right, when you were invited to the Jamboree training prior to the season starting, did you already have that mindset like, yo, I need the scholarship. I'm working out. Like, yo, he get, I'm getting an opportunity right now. I'm all in here. They're going to remember my name. Now I did because I knew how to work. I okay. had the trainer. I had my friend Audi. So the mindset started shifting. And this is when they were like, I started dunking. Like, we were working on my leg. So I was feeling pretty exuberant, bro. I was feeling good, so. When I, when we got there, I just knew in my mind and my heart, bro, that it was it was lit. Mm. It was that, <laughs> it was that time. Now I'm like, okay, I'm about to, I'm about to show what I got. And it, and and no shade to nobody that don't live in the city, but 
it's always the people in the city and, and that live on the outskirts of the city. They got a little rivalry going on because, you know, that's just how it is. So I wasn't about to let nobody from Syracuse disrespect the city. Yep. <laughs> so I was coming up there like, nah, y'all about to, we about to do some damage right now. And man, we went back to the dorms feeling good because we knew we just put in that work. We knew we was about to get the scholarship offer. We just knew. You know what I'm saying so. so. So both of y'all were competing for scholarships, not against each other, but like to get a yeah to get other one. players against coach. Look, coach had it set, man. He like he's gonna bring on a certain amount of guys. Some gonna get scholarships, some may not get scholarships. But then uh, you got you got to think also. You got your grant. You got your, you know you got yeah. you know stuff like that to help you your fast and all that stuff. But I wasn't trying to pay for nothing. Right. So I'm like I'm I'm gonna get this. We're gonna get this one. And man. When I got home, that letter of intent was there, bro. Woo! Tell, tell us. Yo, how, how was that feeling, beautiful, man? Man, I remember signing it at the table, bro. My hand was... I think I had a black pen, man. I think I, I didn't really know how to write my name in, in scribbles <laughs> yet, but I was just writing it. I, and I remember just sitting there, bro, turning on the lights, seeing the logo at the top of the paper, bro. And many people could say, man, it's not it's not Division One, but I ain't care what division it was. I ain't even <laughs> know if I was going to go to college, bro. <laughs> right. When that happened, I was like, this can actually be a good turning point for me. And, and it was the turning point. Wow, man. Yo, first of all, congratulations. I've, when you're telling me that right now, I feel like we're reliving the moment at, at the time. Because that's how your excitement is resonating with me right now. I, kid you. Man, I feel like I'm signing that paper myself. Man, I wish you guys was there, man. It was, <laughs> it was, it was a beautiful feeling, man. It was, it was Yo. a beautiful feeling, man. I just feel like that's a testament to your hard work and effort, man. And and it's it's dope that you can find the the glory in, in all, all the and all the strife and all the hard work and all the determination, all the sacrifice and all the time. But like that moment kind of brought it up. I have a quick question, and I apologize if you answered it already. I just okay. I'm just, just just to refresh my memory. No so problem. when the trainer the you you said you had your favorite coach of forever was was the actual coach you had in college your first year or was. Or was that the trainers, or is it? Are they two different uh, people? So, no, my uh, my first college coach, called Coach Tony, Tony Borges. Borges. Just to put that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so the trainer that you had, the impact that he, as far as you know, was it a mindset thing too with him, or was it just like oh, technically oh. okay? I'm, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, Ja. His name was Ja. I never really got his full name to be honest with you, and that's pretty sad. But uh, oh, it's yeah. Ja, man. That's God right there. Yeah, yeah, Ja, man. He uh, he he was. He was one of those Rocky Balboa type like hard workers. Like you know how you watching like Creed and then like he 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 about to get back into it. You know right. what I'm saying? The hard work, work that that type of work, the desert work. He was that guy. Like we would have the med ball running up the stairs. Like he trained me mentally. He 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 taught me how to push in the hot sun, man. You we all know, man. Training in the sun ain't no joke, yeah, especially different. when it's at its peak. That's different. Right. Oh. He taught me how to push through those times mentally and physically. I'm sweating talking about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> he, he told me how to push. Uh, and then my bro, Audi, man, he was just always behind my back, bro. He was always there. He was always there pushing me, bro. Always there. And when you got that, when it, it's, it's one thing when someone believes in you. But when you start to believe in yourself, when someone else is believing in you, bro, it's a whole different type of ball game after that. So, one, yeah, man, once that depression went away and, and I started to believe because other people were really believing in me, man, yeah, that, it, that's when it started. I, I just want to say this, man. I'm going to work out today fierce. 
Because your ass, ass I'm taking my ass on a workout. I was already <laughs> planning working out today, but yeah. Let's get it. I, if I am not elevated right now, I don't know when I'm going to be elevated. Let's get it, bro. You, got, you got me fired up right now. Let's I get swear. It. You mentioned Rocky. I was like, okay, that's it. <laughs> I, got, I got the Rocky soundtrack in my brain. That's right how now. I That's but how don't, I no, but you know, like, because what okay, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure what, what you know, the answer is gonna be yes, but I'm questioning this the training that you endure, which sounds like a crazy training, right? Like, up until that point in your life, do you feel like that was applicable to your to the rest of your life in terms of like getting through, pushing through, you know, things that you made it feel like there were big oh, hurdles? Oh, for sure, mentally. adversity, adversity builds character for sure, mm. for sure, for sure. So when he was putting us through these obstacle courses, it was like, yeah, if I can get through this, oh, yeah, I can get through whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, for real. And then it was just something like, it's, it's your approach. If you know you got your last rep, if you approach it like, damn, it's my last rep. Oh, yeah. But if you approach it like, I'm about to get it, it's a whole <laughs> different type of feeling, bro. I'm telling you. Yep. It's a fact. Yo. So you, you went, so you established this really tight bond it seems like to this day with coach borges at ku um but you left right you you go to west la you go to you end up at queen's college what what were the reasons for that journey okay good 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 um so the reason i left right and there's nothing to coach borges and i love coach borges man uh it was just that now this is when I started to get big-headed a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So the humbleness turned into a little bit arrogance. So, um, but as I had a really good season, uh, I was honorable mention. And coach was like, man, you should have been first-team All-American, bro. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're going to leave that for another another day. But um, uh, all-conference, sorry. Um, and he was uh, like, I was just looking at the track record of people going to schools after Cayuga. And it was like Division three. But I was just like, nah, I want to go D1. I want to go. And this is when around the time, man, I was like still just feeding into that Division One attitude. Um, because after I was humble and I signed to uh, the Cayuga, I started feeling myself, like I said. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, nah, I want to go D1. So the way uh, Cayuga came about it, um, um, West LA came about it, uh, Los Angeles, not not Louisiana. Right, right. let's get that clear. <laughs> the the bright Louisiana. lights of Hollywood we're talking about, not the farmlands right, of Louisiana. Right, right. Louisiana. No disrespect to y'all, but that's the right, reality. No disrespect. No disrespect to Baton Rouge and all that good stuff. But uh, uh, my friend, uh, Floyd Leslie, he had a um, he knew a coach, uh, Tippy. Everybody know Coach Tippy in Queens right there at the YMCA. Shout out to Coach Tippy. Love Coach Tippy, man. And um, he knew a guy in L.A. Uh, named Coach Miller. And Coach Miller was one of the most winningest coaches and produced the most uh, Division I pl- uh, players from JUCO to, to uh, four years than anybody that I know. Okay. Like, he's a legend out there in L.A. Um, so I was talking to him, and he was like, yeah, man, um, you come out here, we get you Division One." And at that time, I'm like, that's all you needed to tell me. Damn. <laughs> I don't need to, there's no, there's a no brainer. So, uh, me leaving Cayuga, it was tough. But at the same time, I was also dealing with insecurity because this is when I didn't know the, uh, the basket, the basketball standpoint of the business, because you got to think it's always players coming in. 
You know what I'm saying? So I took it as a, a insult as coach recruiting for my spot. Mm. He bringing in these point guards. I'm like, yo, coach, I'm the point guard. Like, what's up? Right. Like, you know what I did last year, but me being arrogant to the situation, it was just like, bro, this is how it's supposed to be. But I wasn't trying to hear that. I was just trying to find any excuse to leave. Mm. Oh. I was just trying to find any excuse to leave um, and not have bad blood with Coach because I still love Coach. Yeah. Um, right. um, but, but he never took it with any you know bad intentions or anything. Um, but I was just trying to do what was best for me at the time. Sure. In looking back now, uh, would you have done? Would you have made the same yeah. jump? Okay. Yeah. Even though I didn't play as good when I went to West LA, I would still made the jump. Still mm-hmm. made the jump because okay. West going to West LA is where uh, I started to become in my faith. And I know you know I'm you know, but yeah, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> okay. That's dope. So, so you end up at Queens College, basically back home. Right. Um, what What were the what were the motivations that kind of led you to get there? So my mom, bro, cause I knew my mom wasn't going to, um, well, first off my coach from uh Dickinson state had, uh, he, uh, he was resigning. Okay. So I didn't want no coach coming. Like, you know, so I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to body. I'm going to try to go home. And uh, another motivation was so my mom could see me play. Cause my mom, she don't like to fly. So I wanted her to see me graduate and to see me play for my last college years. You know mm. what I'm saying? So I wanted to come back home to make mom's proud so she could see me walk the stage. So that was real key for me right there. And then, uh, yeah, Coach Jacobs was like, nah, yeah, I want you here. Like, yeah. So. And, and you actually did graduate? From yeah, I graduated with my bachelor's in media. Ooh, wow. Congrats. Yeah. So what you got going on? What you got going right now? The media right now. Love it, love it. Uh, y'all, y'all might mess around, and be best friends after this. Man. <laughs> yeah. Now, Manny, 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 know the conversation we had in the park. We're gonna get this work soon. Yeah, we, we definitely dope. are. Uh, by the way, I, I got a basketball hoop being installed in my driveway very shortly. Oh, hey. So you, you and I are gonna have some conversations. Uh, Let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> but um, yeah. but so and and, and congrats because um, you know, basketball as a tool to earn a degree. I think is one of the, I mean, the brightest things that somebody can utilize that talent for outside of obviously going pro and making money and all that stuff. I think that's all great, but there's, there's a huge amount of tools, skill sets, personal development that comes from going to college. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't sit here and say that's for everyone, right? I don't, I don't agree with that. I think it's useful for those that know how to use it. Right. And if you can go to college, earn your degree, you pick up so many useful skills that can be applied after the ball stops bouncing or, you know, whatever pivot in life you want to take down because you've got that, you know, that certificate for better or worse that it right. proves that you've achieved a certain level of criteria that's necessary. Right, right. Um, so, so we, we love to big up folks that are able to, to get there. Sometimes yeah. it's not. The, the the straight path, right? It's right, like in right. your case, you bounced around a few schools. Yes. I, I graduated in four years, but I went to three different schools. A lot right. of people don't know that. But it's it's just the way, you know, you got to find your own way. I'm curious, though, and I know you, after college, you did play, I want to say semi-pro. Is that right? 
At first, yeah, first on semi pro. Right. So, t- so take us through the post collegiate basketball part of, of things. So, like you as a player, how do you get into semi pro and then move on from there? Okay. So, um, after college, uh, you know, this is now I'm in my mindset now. I know how to play, I know how to work out by myself and stuff like that. Um, and I still had a semester left of school. I didn't want to go pro right away. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I have, you know, I had my agent and stuff like that right after college was, you know, my collegiate was done, right? Signed my agent. And um, I was just working, going to, going to school and just working out. So I met uh, my guy, Will Modesto, um, uh, Manhattan Pride. They, they're in the APBL league. And, uh, bro, just, just went there and just, I just did what I had to do. I just, did what I had to do, man. Just I just knew coming out, I'm like, all right, I want to go pro. I want to do what I got to do. Let's take baby steps first. And then that's just how it was for me. So that, yeah. Mm. And, and then you graduated, yeah. right? Yeah, and I graduated before I signed a contract to play in Italy, yeah. Got wow, man. Listen, so, so as far as semi-pro is concerned, when did you feel in college that you had a realistic shot to, like, continue – Playing ball on a bit, another level, bro. My senior year, I shot forty six percent from the three. So wow, when when I knew I could shoot the ball, I was like, yo, I think I could really get some serious money for this. Mm-hmm. Um, like whether I go as high as I want to or whether I go as low as I I, I go, but I know once I put on a, a jersey and play overseas. No one can never take that from me. Right. Right. So that was that was my goal to like, okay. You can do this, bro. Hmm. So then you I had, had uh, sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. One of the best Queens College players to ever step foot in that school, that Harvard floor. He he definitely motivated me. He was like, yo, bro. You keep playing how you playing. You gonna sign your own contract, and, and, I, and I always remember that. Can you repeat oh, his name? Because it, it was a yeah. little choppy. Patrick Parker, uh, uh, my bro, man, he passed away in a car accident uh, <sighs> a few years back. Um, Rest in peace. Yeah, Rest yeah, peace. number four, bro. One, one of the best players to ever play at Queens College, bro. Wow, man. Uh, I, you know, I, I got to say, man, looking at your story, first of all, it motivates me, man, because the optimism, the growth, right, the, from the immaturity to, I, th- I just feel like the growth was always there, right? It was always ever-present and ever-showing. One thing I do love is that you held strong to your confidence of, like, yo, I could do this, I can shoot. Like, so you kind of knew who you were as a player and as a person, right? Because it feels like... Dually, you found yourself in college, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you spoke a little bit about faith, etc. And, and, and I feel like all those positive things. I love the fact that you said, yo, I shot 46% from the three. I got to be on somebody's team on the yeah, next level. Man. Somebody got to pay me. Bro, something, <laughs> man. Something. I remember one game, man. This is one of my favorite games. Man. I went 8 for 10 from the three, bro. I was like, yo, bro. I was like, man, oh man, I got it. I, I, 
it, it's just when you have a hard time growing up your whole life, some of it is your mistake. Some of it life just deals with you that way. So when you have good moments, bro, you cherish those good moments, yeah. bro. And it's not like I'm trying to relive my past, but I did something that a lot of people would never have thought I would be able to do. Even at times, I wouldn't even, I didn't even thought I would be able to do. I got, I got to correct you on one thing. You are reliving your past. That's the entire purpose of this podcast. So And it's I, all good. So, yeah. So this this is I tell people all the time and, and we're fortunate that we uh, we get to speak to a lot of really interesting people that have come up yeah, playing sure. ball. I love podcasts, bro. I'd Thank say you, I, I actually I would say 100 percent. Maybe this is inaccurate because I don't some of them I don't know very well. But like the humility of these people where yeah. many of nice. them, we hold them so high because of whatever they've been able to achieve. There's still so much humility. Now, let's not get it twisted. Any one of them will step on the basketball court and think they're going to kill the next guy. Oh, yeah. That's how it's supposed to be. Facts, right? That's how it's supposed to be. But, but it's really nice to see. And it's hard sometimes to get you guys to talk about yourselves, surprisingly. Right. Like, you guys are like, oh, you know, I don't want to really, you know, I want to toot my own horn. But, no, toot your own horn. That's what Hell we're yeah. doing right here. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hey, man, what I learned is it's okay to pat your own back sometimes yeah. as long as you're not being arrogant about it, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you never know who you might be helping when you speak these things. You know what I'm saying? That's real. So, yeah. So, wait. So, you get to go to Italy, dog. How, how does how does that get oh, put into play? Dog. dog, man. Italy was just... I was, I was in a great situation. I was fortunate to be in a good situation. I always got paid on time, stuff like that. You hear about athletes when they go over there. Some athletes, they don't get paid on time and stuff like that. So, and I want to clear this in the air. Uh, there's a lot of different levels over there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so divisions. Yes, it's, it's a lot. There's a lot of different uh, different divisions over there. So, you um, don't, what J. Cole say, it's beauty on your level. It's beauty in a struggle. Don't sleep on your level. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it was, I wasn't in the highest division. So I'm not even gonna come up here and like, yeah, no, I was in a lower division, but you can't take that from me because I went to a situation. The people in the city, they were losing hope with basketball a little bit. Mm -hmm. So when I like when me and my teammate, my boy, um, when we went there and we, you know, doing what we got to do, right, helping the team as much as we can, people see the joy that we have in the game, and we just helping the kids. You got what I'm saying? So it's like, man, playing over there, bro, was I was and I was very fortunate that most of my teammates spoke English as well. So I didn't really mm. have a bad time with that at all. So I'm very fortunate about that. You know, first of all, the, the mindset, I just want to get back. Yeah. I just want to get I want to get touch up a little bit about right before you you left the to semi pro, right? Because right. when you when you your mindset there of 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 actually going and playing, my whole thing is like it's it's one thing to believe you're great about one thing, right. but it's another thing to actual to actualize it, right? Like to actually right. see right. it. First of all, I want I also want to say this. I'm a proponent of like you got to get your flowers when you can still smell them, right? Right. You, right? you you earned every last one of those accolades, so you should big up yourself. Those are your trophies. Those right. are your trophies. And I believe that uh, in our lifetime, what we really do have in life is moments, right? Those right. are our memories. Right. Those are our memories forever. So I, I, I love your humility. I love it so much. I do. I applaud it. But yo, 
listen, when you earn something, you share it with the world. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For sure, bro. For I, sure. I'm not. I'm not saying that you don't do that already. I don't want to speak in your, you know, for you. But I'm just saying, yeah, like, yeah. yo, it's important that people understand that. Yo, all you've worked for, this is what the byproduct is. Look, this is yeah. what I've earned, you know, because we need we need more people like yourself who've been through the transgressions to speak on the accomplishments because that's what now you got hope for them coming coming behind you. Right. You know, you're giving them that hope. So I just wanted to implore you, man. Don't be so humble to not to share share that eight for ten. You know what I mean? If I share <laughs> eight for ten in the park right now, you're gonna hear me on this. <laughs> this is and, true. And, and, and I ain't even talking about college right now. I'm just talking about in the park right That's now. That's what I'm talking about, bro. You ain't go. I'm not living it down for nobody. Hear me? I love it, bro. I love it. I just want to come. come yo, we got to. Listen, man. I know I'm talking a lot, man. I'm probably. Listen. This is the thing. I just. I, I, we need to big each other up in those moments. Because we can't be quiet in the moments when we celebrate in ourselves. We can't, yeah. man. Because then what? Then it's like we skew the the the, the excitement of, of the journey. If that makes sense. Like I, we're like tapering it off why yeah i guess for me I, i'm just very careful of uh uh i don't want to be idolized by anyone you know what i'm saying i don't want anyone to idolize me so i just make sure i speak from a perspective they may understand mm -hmm. so i don't want i don't want to be in somebody's mind bigger than i'm i am as a person God you know what I'm saying? I just want you to see me for me and that if, if i could do it if god did it for me he could do it for you whether you believe in god or not you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't like, you know, I ain't gonna go too much into that because it scare so people good. away. But when you nah, get to nah. as a person, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, you'll get to meet the creator. I love that. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to gloss over your pro career, but I do want to spend a little time um, talking about patient grind. And, oh, yeah. And what it was that made you kind of fall into training. And, and I guess I, I'll start off with a question, but then I want you to kind of get into how it evolved, how it became what it is, and how you yeah. and your wife are, are doing what you guys are doing. Yes. Um, we we hear a lot, uh, especially, like, I always ask the question, like, is New York City still the mecca of basketball? And it wavers, right, depending on who we talk to. But I think the right. general consensus is those days are gone, like the heyday of New York City as the, the you know, right, the, right. the spot it's every everywhere now pretty much around the country and around the world has its hot spots and there's many right right a lot of times they talk about trainers in unfavorable lights or almost like not necessarily the reason for it not being the case but like the trend of kids and how they work out and do what they do to get prepared to play changed at some point right, right? now there's a big emphasis on trainers Versus before, they were a lot less frequently sought after, and right. it was more right. Right. in the gym with the coach or whatever or AAU, right? Right. You're it. You're a trainer, um, right? I'd love to get your perspective on how you see that landscape from you know from your vantage point. So the first thing is, man, you gotta, you can't do it for the money. You can't. You can't chase the bread. You can't chase the bag because. If you if you living in your gift, the bag will chase you. Mm. you know Drop it. So, well, my wife, uh, she ran track at St. Thomas Aquinas, and uh, you know when when we met, because I had ran track one one semester my last year at Queens um, to get in shape and stuff like that, better shape. 
we just had, you know, came to a common ground was like, yo, you should start a training program. And then we know, like, it's easy to come up with a name because we know the grind is patient, bro. Like, in order to see results, it takes time. So, you know, came up with the name and uh, we just we just want to help the youth to, to, to work diligently. You know what I'm saying? Not to take life for granted. And it's bigger than sports. It's bigger than sports. We're trying to help you with your character. We're trying to help you to have integrity. You know what I'm saying? Being the same person when no one else is watching. Putting in the same amount of work when no one is around. You know what I'm saying? Not looking for the clout. Not looking for the attention and stuff like that. So when when it comes to training, bro, everyone trains differently. Right? Every every person is different. Right? So one thing I like to do as a trainer, and, and if any trainer is listening, right, I I we, we do workouts based on what the athlete want to be. Mm. Right. So if you want to go division three or division one or division two and you want to be this type of player, that's what we're going to do. Right. And now I watch film of the kids before we train because I need to see how you move in a game. Mm. I need to see like, OK, you're not loading right on your on your left foot. You're not like crossing low enough on this side. Like you use your left more than you use your right. You take three dribbles with your left, but you're trying to go back to the right. So I look at stuff like that. And then it, it, it helps me like, okay, this how diligently we need to work so you can be the player that you want to be and not the player that I think you should be. Mm-hmm. Because as a trainer, we can come up with all the drills and the cones we want, but is that really helping you get better? I get, I could say in my mind, you should play like Victor Oladipo, but you might want to play like Darren Collison. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, that's an uh, interesting point because how much of it is what you see them as versus what they see themselves as in terms of your training? Me? Yeah. How they see themselves, I speak life into how they see themselves. Okay. Not, so if it's negative, I, we, I make sure we take the negativity out. So right. we just, just bring life into them. So if they like, coach, I want to be a shooter. Okay, we're going to be the best shooter that you can be. And then... I'm going to help you like with the little stuff like the defense and, and the stuff like that because a lot of people want to work on offense, but when you train with us, you best believe you're working on your defense as well. <laughs> Amen to that, my brother. <laughs> what What do you tell – so like I'm sure you get a lot from kids. I want, I, I want to train like I'm going D1, right? I'm sure that's probably very common. Yeah, very common. What do you – how do you prescribe for them a game plan that – will help them achieve that, but also how do you hold them accountable? Because that has to be contentious, I think, at some point. Okay. So, first off, start with a vision board. Every day you got to see where you want to go. If you want to go to Duke, okay. What we going to go to, what, we, what you got to do to get to Duke, okay? Are you watching film of Duke's practices, right? Mm-hmm. Are you watching, not just the highlights, but are you watching the game intentionally? Are you just looking at the ball or are you looking off the ball, right? What kind of sets are they running? So I'm really picking, we're picking kids' minds in regards to like, okay, IQ now. You got all the skills you want, but if you don't have the IQ, you won't be able to play on that level. Now, per se, I don't tell them that, right? But I, I, I'd say at that given time, okay, you got to hold yourself accountable. Your parents should not wake you up for your workout. You should be ready and woke and getting ready for your workout, Without your parents even saying anything, that shows accountability. That shows you responsibility and being ready. So if a kid wants to go D1, and I know at that specific time, right, they're not a Division One player, that doesn't mean they're never going to be a Division One player. 
we just got to make sure we're working, right? I never shoot down the kid's dreams. If he wants to go to the NBA, right? But if you're not showing me or giving me the best effort that you want to go to the NBA, then I know it's just wishful thinking. Mm-hmm. Right. How do you, in terms of, uh, you know, that's a beautiful point. My question is, you see, you're flirting. With, how do you not flirt with the light of negativity when you're talking to the kid that is not that is wishful thinking, but not putting in the work, but also you had to kind of boost them with the reality check of like, yo. Because I want to be the person that I never had growing up. Mm. I never had that person to literally come take me and show me how to really do it until I got older. Right. So I want, I want them now is no excuse because now all our clients, we treat them like family. Like there's no hours for us. If you, if you text us at 11 o'clock at night, Nine times out of ten, we're going to answer you, especially if you're dealing with something, right? So right. if you're dealing with something like, uh, Coach, I'm struggling with this, right? Then we're going to help you. We're going to help you with that, right? That's right true. there and there. You know what I'm saying? So that's just how we are. Like, we really care about the people. And like I said, it's not about the money. And the reason why we're being blessed in these times right now is because we didn't think about the money. We thought about people, right? Mm-hmm. So I just want to tell all the trainers out there, bro, isn't like, when you seek the best for other people, bro, more people are going to start to come to where you're going to have to start to pass people along because there's too many people for you to train. Mm. You're going to have to share some of that love. You know what I'm saying? Yo, what are you telling tell kids today, right? Because um, we talked about earlier, in order for you to get better, you got to get those in-game reps, right? Yes. Um, and so what you offer is a complement to that, right? But... Today, living what we're living right now with COVID right. and things still being relatively closed, how do you encourage these kids to, like, how, how creative are you getting right now to help them develop? So, bro, uh, that's a great question. I started literally working out with them. Mm. The whole workout with them yeah. to show them, like, yo, this time is going to pass. It's gonna, somebody right now, like uh, Sharif Cooper, he's in the gym right now working. Because the time is going to pass, right? So you don't want to be caught off guard yeah. when everyone is working right now. And when that time comes, the, the work will show. When this time is over, when, some, when, when a kid just sprang out of nowhere, you knew he was working during the, these times. So now I decided to start working with them and working hard with them. So like, okay, look, let's get this rep and making sure they're doing it properly while I'm doing it myself at the same time. So... They can see, okay, coach working is hard. I, I, I can do this too. Yo, that is awesome. I just wanted to say this real quick. When you talked about the training, uh, what you do as far as work, my thing is there's a quote that says, people buy people. So meaning like, you know, they don't buy, you know, it's, they, they, they do it because of you and who you are as a person. So it's easy for them to want to give, you, give their money to you and give their time to you because you're selling them on you as a person. You know what wow. I mean? So like, I, it speaks, and just man, right now I'm motivated, man. I'm a, I mess around, train with you, my man. That's what I'm talking about. Let's let's get it together, bro. You got you got me. You, yeah, we gonna have to talk. It ain't just for the kids. We doing we doing everybody. Yo, speak, I got me. I got me a youthful soul, though. I'm gonna tell you right speaking, now. Speaking, speaking of, hey, man, and and that's the big thing. That's the big thing. It's okay to be a kid, bro. Like, mm. we take the game so serious. Like, and, and, and people, I'm from New York, bro. I'm, we all from New York, bro. And But this, I, I hate it. Bro, the trash talking has to stop, bro. 
play the game of basketball. You ain't got to go in nobody's face. And, and I understand it's cool, like, but, bro, just play the game, bro. If somebody hit you with a knife, oh, good move, bro. I got you coming down. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the game has become so evil, bro, and so, like, I, and I hate it. And that's one of my missions, bro, to take the evil out the game, bro, to, to say it's okay to – big up your teammate is okay to let someone else have 30 points today and you right. have four and what lambs is okay for that bro like be like i people take the uh the this the, they put i know the game become a business right when you get older but the more you just fall in love with the process and just fall in love with the game when it's time to play that's the easy part it's no stress for you mm. right you you said something now that just took me to last high school basketball season. Um, my brother and I we would frequent um, Catholic high school games in and around yeah, the yeah, city. Yeah. Shout out to St. Ray's. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so we we I can't say, and Emilio, you you correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't say I witnessed any of what you just described when I was watching those games. Right. Like right. these kids, the discipline that these kids have and seemingly the respect that they have for one another on that basketball court. You I mean, don't get me wrong, like tempers flare because it's yeah, a competitive yeah, yeah, yeah. sport. But the yeah. trash talking, I if it happens, it's happening very like in you know, discreetly and it's likely among friends where it's motivating and it's not like detrimental. You feel me? Right. So it's I, it's interesting you say because I I that's it took me back to the last season. I was like, yo, I didn't see any real signs of that. And it's a great thing because the game benefited every time. Yeah, yeah I, I want to say something about that. I want to touch off that because I did witness the same thing. I do want to say this, though. I believe St. Raymond is kind of a staple for what a great program is, a winning right. program. Right, you know, right. a stepping act as well. Like, these are winning programs for a reason, right? And I think it's well-coached. It's it's well-trained. It's I don't think those coaches would accept anything less exactly. than that, than that's that what, kind of quality. So that's what I, like, 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 here's my thing, right? You're trash-talking and stuff. Uh, now, I'm not saying, like, it. yeah, it, it's fun. You know what I'm saying? You, you're playing a game. I, and I get that, and... and and people might get really intense. No one's perfect, right? Sure. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm not. You know. But what I'm saying is, I've like, I've seen even in highlight tapes, right? Like when you see someone talking, you can't call them like or looking at the camera and, and saying, yeah, you know, like, bro, you ain't gotta do that. Play the game. Your your yeah. game gonna speak for itself. You know what I'm saying? Yo, I I don't know if you. I'm pretty sure you watch the NBA, right? Bro, yeah. <laughs> no, you know it's a good question because some people in the game playing hate watching the NBA. They'll, no, but they'll listen, just watch college. I, I'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna give you a firm example of why trash talking is not great. Okay, Russell Westbrook, he played up. It was in OKC. He was playing right. against Dame Dame Lillard. Dame Dollar. <laughs> and Dame Lillard hit that game winner. To, yeah. <laughs> and and the whole series, Russell Westbrook was chewing his ass out, talking. Oh. Everything he was like, oh baby, and all this stuff. And Bro. Dame wasn't even talking to him. He wasn't talking to him. He just went out, dropped 40, dropped 30, Bro. dropped 50. Yeah, I, I, and bye-bye. Bye-bye. Don't, don't get me wrong. I love guys like like that, but bro, when you watch Fred Van Vliet, you watch Dame Dollar. You watch Kawhi, them silent kill. They get the job done, bro. Now, every, now, granted, everyone is not like that, 
For and sure. Okay. I'm just saying you ain't got to be – if somebody hits you with a move, right? All right, come on, bro. I got you on the night. Where's the fun in it? Now it's become really dog-eat-dog. Like, like I'm, a ki- I'm trying to kill you. It hasn't become like, all right, let, let's let's get this working. It's, I don't know. just the mindset has changed. And um, me personally, I, I just don't like it. Like I love – these. some of these kids are super talented, bro. Yeah. When I say t- like uh, the R.J. Davises, the yeah, – like, right. Rose, yo, bro, these kids are super talented. Agreed. But I'm telling you, your character will keep you in the NBA. Mm. It's your character that's going to keep you there. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and I wasn't saying anything bad about RJ Davis. I was just using his talent level. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just yeah. Um, but guys yeah. like his talent level, you could get there, but your attitude and your, your integrity is going to keep you there, not talent. Because we both know it's we all three know that there's a lot of talented players that's not in the NBA just off attitude alone. Many. My brother, let me tell you something, man. If we ain't motivated after this conversation, <laughs> people ain't got no heartbeat. It just ain't. It's just ain't. You Yo. have invigorated me, my brother. <laughs> I'm just glad to be here, bro. And you, um, you mentioned a little while ago, uh, you kind of do a little bit of everything as far as training goes. Um, yeah, I, saw, yeah. I saw on the gram recently you, you were training – a group of moms it seemed like yeah man um so so tell us a little bit about that because like i said we're talking primarily from a basketball context but you you're a general training company yeah man we we the man when when when, uh when you're blessed with a gift man don't limit yourself right you know what i'm saying so uh but yeah there was these parents you know they were like you know gyms are closed and stuff now yep right so there was these parents, they just wanted to, like, you know, get a good workout. And so, like, you know, they started, you know, like, nice little moms. And that was the first time we actually did it. And they loved it. You know what I'm saying? So now that might even motivate their children now. Oh, mom is getting to it? Oh, yeah, I want to get in. I want to get to it now. Yep. Mm. I want to work out now. I want to work out harder. Mom's is getting to it. Because, you know, when when the mom and the, the parents are feeling good when they come in the house, Oh yeah, you know the house about to be a blessing after that. Right. You know it is. Right, right. I love that. I love that, man. So, you, you guys do such great work, man. Um, yeah, I man. personally, I'm, I'm interested to see your your growth. I definitely want to check more of what yeah, you I, do. I, I know my wife is not in the uh, podcast right now, but man, a lot that she does behind the scenes, bro. I will not be doing this on my own. So I definitely got to give a big shout out to my wife. What, what's her name though? Because my Ishana wife is Anna Hodges. That is the name. Remember it. That she's she's gonna be great. Just 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 listen out for the name. She's gonna be great. You'll see. She's gonna shock the world. I know she does more than what I'm about to say, but I yeah, ca- yeah. I catch her all the time doing a lot of the filming and, and yeah and probably a lot of the, the Instagram stuff. Um, yeah. Shout out to you, Tiana. Um, yes. I, I love I love how you guys rock. I think the dynamic is beautiful. Um, just you know personally witnessing how you guys move in the parks. Um, mm-hmm. And the dedication, like the quality of the work is is really there. Mm-hmm. So how do people get in touch with you if they're interested in speaking with you guys? Oh, um, yeah, we, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, you know, patient.grind. Um, you know, man, we're, we're not bougie people, man. You can hit us up just to talk if you want to talk, man. It's all good. If you're going through something, whatever, if you want to train, man, we're right there, man. And we travel to people, so... You know, I know it's Corona uh, or whatever the stuff may be going on, but like we can still work out with some social distancing. We, you know, we can still be there to motivate you. We could, we got FaceTime sessions and everything. So, you know, nice. we we here for everybody. We don't discriminate. You you hear that, Tri State? They they move around. So, um, 
Anthony, man, it was a real pleasure to have you. Um, thank man, you for thank you, making some time. Uh, and I know you guys got plenty to do, you and Tiana today. So I wish you the best today and for, for the remainder here, my brother. Just uh, keep grinding. Man, thank you, guys, man. Thanks for having me, man. It, this was truly a blessing to me, man. Thank you. Seriously. God bless you, Anthony, man. Keep going strong. You too, man. I might have some gear for y'all coming up soon, man. All right. Okay, All cool, right. man. Peace, right, brother. Bro. I'm a better peace. Love. Love, man. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dribbling Dimes. If you like what you heard, please leave a review or comment wherever you're listening to us now. Check us out on social media as well. We're live on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. On all platforms, you can find us at D-R-I-B-B-L-E-N-D-I-M-E-S.